Welcome to Spiritual Warfare and How the Devil is Collecting Souls. He will infiltrate every area of your life if you let him. Hello, my name is Teresa. Hello, my name is Kay. We will share how we found success in our everyday spiritual battles. Today, we are on the fifth armor of God, and it is the shield of faith. Okay. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Ephesians 6.16. What it means? In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. When Paul wrote this passage, Roman soldiers carried shields that were covered with heavy animal hide. Before a battle, they would dip their shields into water so that when fiery darts hit them, the wet hide would extinguish the darts. In a similar way, a Christian's shield of faith needs to be regularly dipped in the water of God's word and to be replenished and fully functional because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God from Romans ten seventeen, and that is so faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from good news about Christ how to apply it if your faith feels less confident than you wish it did ask the Lord to increase your faith Mark nine twenty four. Find verses that feed your faith and fill your world with them. Set your faith on God's character, not on a circumstance. Teresa, tell me about your faith. My faith. I had to. I had faith pretty young. I was a single parent at twenty-seven. I just engulfed myself in church just to try to get over the hurt and just learn everything that I could. And I met a lot of wonderful people in church. And as I kept going, my faith grew. But I don't know why, like some people, because everything that I saw from God and what he did over my life with the demons in church and I've had dream certain dreams where he's revealed things to me which I'm very thankful I'm pretty good with faith I never worried like some people would wonder worry about where their next dollar would come from I just didn't I was sitting in church one day And when I prayed for my needs, I wouldn't tell my friends. I would only tell God because it was fun, because I wanted to see how he was going to supply my needs. I mean, I could say, hey, Kay, I don't have enough money for this this week. And if you gave me money for it, it's not really God providing, you know, in my opinion, okay? So I prayed for God, and it was a small amount. It was for a water bill. It was like $11.43. It was just an odd amount. And one day I'm sitting in church, and the assistant pastor walked up to me, and he said, Teresa, I don't know what this is. Somebody asked me to give it to you, and he handed me an envelope. And when I opened up that envelope, 
$11.43. Oh my goodness. I sat there and I cried and I'm like, why do I worry? And I said, God, I'm so thankful because I only told you. I didn't share it with anyone. This is what he did for me all the time. I would come home and I would have groceries, bags of groceries on my porch. And it was anonymous. Nobody ever told me who it was. He did this all the time for me. It helped my faith grow. But in order to do that, you need to have that relationship with him. You need to tell him what you need. You don't need to tell the world. You don't need to tell your friends. I mean, we tell each other stuff. If you want to see God work, just tell him. And one day I was at work (laughs) and all the girls said, let's go to breakfast. I can't go tomorrow because I don't have any money. I said, I'll catch you guys next weekend. There was like five of us going and they're like, okay. And I lived really close to the hospital where I worked. And so I was walking home and I walked by some bushes and I looked down and there's $10. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I get to go to breakfast in the The bush, bush, Kay, in the bush. It was laying in the bush. I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's a First thing that I did, I looked up and I'm like, yes, thank you, God. I get to go to breakfast tomorrow. I'm not shy about saying these things and where my gifts come from. I never have been because of all the things that he does for me. So I called all the girls and I'm like, yay, I get to go to breakfast with you guys. And they're like, how'd you get money? I said, God gave it to me. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And I'm like, no, seriously, I was walking home and he put $10 in a bush for me. They're like, no way. And I'm like, yes way. And I'm like, yay, I get to go to breakfast. So my faith, he has done a lot of that. But if you want to believe and trust in him, he'll never let you down. Do you have any stories about faith? I just need to share that. 11, 12, 13, 14 years now, I guess it has been, I went through a really difficult time in my divorce. And my faith increased during that time, though. I was broken, very broken, in many, many ways. Spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. And I seen God move in amazing ways. His faithfulness was so great to me. But my faithfulness increased to him also during that time. He he wants that from us. He does. He wants us to have that faithfulness to him. He will always be faithful to us because he can't be any other way. Because that's how he is made. We're the ones that choose whether we are going to be faithful back to him or not. And I believe in my heart that I have passed by blessings because of not being faithful in something to him. Can you give me an example of that? I think that back 
in my younger years that I depended on man more than I did myself, or not myself, more than I did God, okay? And I think God had placed opportunities in front of me, and then I didn't carry through, and so then therefore those opportunities were taken from me because I was not faithful. He can't bless us if we're not in obedience to him. And I think obedience and faith you know, kind of go hand in hand you know, together. I think it's great that you found $10 in the bush <laughs> to go to lunch. I can remember walking in my neighborhood a few years ago and when you go through challenging times like that, and you are so dependent on him for so much everything. And I think it's really encouraging to me, Teresa, um, to keep it between you and him. And, and you're right, and not speak it out to other people and, and see what God does do. That's encouraging to me to have you share those stories. And I remember walking in my neighborhood when I was coming out of this dark place I was in, and I found $20. <laughs> on the side of the road and I was just absolutely joyous because that was gas in my car you know I was at a point in my life that my tip money working a second job was my money for gas in my car to go to my two jobs because I had nothing I was paying off debt you lost everything didn't you Kay I did I lost everything and you gained more bills from it that were not yours, correct? That's correct, yeah. And I think in my faithfulness for that, I felt God telling me to work two jobs, that I needed to be responsible, even if it wasn't all mine. And so, I don't know, my friend. I worked five or six years, two jobs, until I finally got myself back on my feet. The other thing, and I think we touched bases on this once before in one of our other podcasts, is the faithfulness and tithing. Oh, yes, absolutely. And for that reason, he will always take care of us. I like to travel. I like nice things, don't care. I've worked my whole life, okay? And that's just the way I am. I... Remember when computers first came out, geez, I don't know, in the 90s or something, and back then they had chat rooms. Everybody would get on chat rooms and stuff. I, for the most part, stayed in the Christian chat rooms, and we talked about miracles or prayed for people. I met a nanny in there, and she was from England. She was a nanny in Maryland, and she actually lived with the family. And we became great friends to where we talked on the phone and it was just God put us together and it was just a great thing. She said, why don't you come out and visit me around Christmas? She said, I'm going to throw a singles party. Now, how fun is that? And she said, you can bring Nicholas. Nick, I don't even remember how old Nick was, four or five years old. And I said, okay. I said, I don't, I've never been to Maryland, so I don't 
know where to stay or anything, get me a list of hotels and stuff. And she's like, no, you're going to stay with us. They're going to let somebody you met online come into their home and stay with you. And they were not Christians either. She was just a wonderful Christian. The two kids that she was a nanny to, she took them to church, taught them about the Lord and everything because their parents were divorcing. But anyway, he owned a lot of dominoes. They were very wealthy. I had no idea because she didn't share this. She picks me up at the airport. I walk into this mansion. I don't know how many thousands of square feet. I walked in the door and there's this huge water fountain. Beautiful. A baby grand piano. I mean, this house was so big. And I just sat back and I just took it all in and I went, thanks, God. This is really fun. <laughs> and then I sat and I watched how miserable the parents were. And the kids, they would just pick up the phone and order whatever they wanted and it would be delivered to the house. They could do whatever they wanted to do. And when I say kids, they were like seven and eight years old. And they didn't have any rules. They did whatever no they wanted to. None. None at all. So her and I got like a meal plan together and everything. And there was a bunch of people who came over from the church. It was fabulous. It was so pretty. It was at Christmas time and they had this huge Christmas tree. I don't even know how many feet it was. You could barely see the ceiling. It was so high. And, oh, it was just so much fun. God did this to me all the time. He always gives me the best in life. He just does. Um, he made you, okay? He knows what you like. Everybody likes different things. Right. And if you trust God and only God and you pour your heart out to him, he wants us to trust him for everything, some people think, how can you ask God for everything all the time? They don't get it. They're like, you're begging for this? You need to do this on your own. not really begging, though. You're asking. You're praying. He knows the need before you even ask him for it. But, but I, what would you say to people, Kay, that says, why do you have to ask him for things? Go out and do it yourself. I've heard people say that to me, and I'm like, I always want to stay in his will, and they don't get, why should I have to ask God for anything? I work, and I can do whatever I want. It's not really their money, and I think that's what you and I know in our hearts. It's God's money. All of it's God's money. We are privileged to have a job and earn the wage and that's something that God has tugged on my heart for a long long time is when I go to work I earn my wage and I'm grateful for my wage yes 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 I, yes. I don't take it for granted that hey you know what yes believe me there's been times I have felt horrible about 
things I have spent my money on. That is true. So, faith. So, faith. I don't know why, but I just like telling him what I like to do, and then he goes before me and makes it happen, so why not? That's where you said you can miss blessings. If you try to do it yourself, why not say, I want to do this, I want to do that. People may not understand that. I can't help it. I just don't know how to describe it. But I just love saying, okay, God, um, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And that's what I do. He loves his children. He wants to give his children the best, just like we love giving our children the best. So anyway, Kay, we are going to wrap this up. And we are going to talk about the Helmet of Salvation next week. We really appreciate everybody for stopping by and listening to how we find success in our everyday spiritual battles. We'll see you next week. Bye.